So we're realists this week. Mm-hmm. I feel like our podcast, we got a solid team, right? Yeah. I mean, solid guests, especially our repeat guests, are, they're, they're great. They're, they're, they're our rad pack. But I feel like us three, we're, we're, like, we're like the Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young. Not so much Young. Let me let me let me explain this. Okay. So Crosby, Stills, and Nash—they're they're kind of the core of the group, right? That's Diamond Jim, Snake, and and Wigglebutts. Right. They don't always make albums together with the three of them, especially not now, because I guess David Crosby's a real asshole sometimes. Right. But in the past, they've teamed up too. They, you know, it's gone Crosby, Nash, Crosby, Stills, you know, Stills, Nash. But when they get three get together, it's that much better. When you add Young to the equation, well, forget about it. It's just the best. We don't have Ree, so it's 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 a two person right podcast today. I'll be still Crosby. good. I'll be Crosby. That's okay. All right, I'll be Nash. All right. I think uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Rusty is our Neil. I he's got his own thing going, right? Yep. Very successful doing that. When he comes to the podcast, just adds a whole yeah extra flavor to the to the episode. I I agree with that 100. Um, percent uh, I, I would say that he's also probably the one who's most likely to sing Southern Man. Yeah. <laughs> We've been close friends for a while. I feel like this podcast is, has brought us closer. I found myself tweeting your jokes. <laughs> when someone asks you a question, either or, you say yes. Yeah. So I, And I'm sure that's true for each of us. Mm-hmm. We're good friends. We rub off on each other. Um, Todd Aldinger. And Stefan Mahilu, do you think they get together and rub off on each other? They're starting to sound a lot like each other. Uh, I mean, I, there's probably a lot of a lot of friction there. Well, we've seen Todd Aldinger uh, go after the Buffalo News because they said something about him he didn't like. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah. he's gonna he's canceling the Buffalo News. Yeah. Um, he thinks that by himself, he's gonna get like thousands of people to unsubscribe to the Buffalo News. How likely do you think that is? He's going to have to try a little bit harder because in response to him saying that, I actually subscribe to the Buffalo News <laughs> just because. So like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, they felt like they really made a difference, but all they did was just make money and get themselves famous, right? At the end of the day. Right. Made some good songs. So they've got an inflated sense of self-importance, as do we. Right. I mean, uh, there are literally hundreds of people who know who we are now. Right. I mean, uh, just like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and where Neil Young, if anybody actually made an uh, importance out of anybody's lives, it was Neil Young. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and Rusty being our Neil Young. Yes. If, if anybody's actually done anything important to, to help anybody, right. Rusty's the only one of the four of us who has on it that. 100%. So we've got hundreds of people who know us, and we've got plenty of Patreon money for beer. By the way, thank you to our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's where we get that's where we get our, our beer money. Yeah. And... Uh, and where we got the money to buy all that hashish oil to give Brittany Griner. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't do that. We appreciate it. And if you're thinking of being a, uh, supporting us and being a patron because you like what we do, we like to keep this content free. We don't do it for the money. We would do it anyway. 
mm-hmm. you'd be happy for your support. If if you don't feel like doing it, that's fine too. Right. I mean, we would do it for the money if you are exceptionally well healed. Yes. Like if maybe like you're like a, a Russian oligarch who's like been hiding your money in the UAE for a while and you're like, I have to. You can launder that through our Patreon. Right. Feel free. Right. Or just give us cash. All right, and welcome back to the square. Uh, we are... We, we've got our Joni Mitchell here today. We do. To, to the CSNY. Yeah. Uh, right? As Wigglebutts is not here. <laughs> yeah, no more Wigglebutts. Uh, not for this week. So we, uh, we've got MCAT. Hello, this is MCAT. <laughs> so I'm Diamond Jim. I'm Snake. Snake. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to yell about the news. We're going to get real angry. I, I'm not going to get angry. I refuse to get angry. I'm gonna get you can angry. get mad about the news. I'm I'm here to cool things down. Okay, I'm Snake. I'm the cooler. I'm gonna I'm gonna get angry about the local news, not even world news or like like stuff like that. That's national not our, news. No, that's no. that's not us. No, it's you're it's not our bucket. There's no State of the Union recap here. Hell no. MCAT, thanks for joining us. Thanks for filling in. And also, we gave you no notice, and you came anyways. Yeah, so please keep that in mind when I talk about things I don't know about. But thank you for having me. The more beer you drink from the Snake Pit fridge, the more you'll know about these topics. Yeah, well, the confidence will go up. That's right. The expertise, it is what it is. Well, I mean, look. (laughs) I I don't think people come here for the expertise. Right, no, I mean, they they view us as like their stand-in, like if elected officials actually said what they felt. (laughs) Well, we got some big news this week out of the Buffalo schools. Yeah. Right, Jim? Yeah. I mean, um, oh, Captain, my captain would cash me outside. Would you say embattled uh, superintendent, Kreiner Cash? It, embattled is a, is a good term for former superintendent, Kreiner Cash. So before Kreiner Cash's tenure, they were churning through superintendents like crazy, the Buffalo school system, right? right? So at least there's been that stability. I don't know if that stability is due to the fact that he was never here he was he was like living in Martha's Vineyard. He wasn't really engaged. I don't know. It seems like the general consensus is the school board is glad he's gone, and probably some teachers too. Yeah, I mean, look, we all should aspire to the work life balance that Kreiner Cash had. <laughs> <laughs> we should, and we should have that yeah. in this day and age of technology and automation. You know, but like people forget, like Kreiner Cash was like there was like a national search to find Kreiner Cash. And Came bring. from Memphis, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, left Memphis uh, school district as superintendent there to take over Buffalo schools. So some of the stats, right? He he's been here for since what 2015, I think. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. So it's been a few years. It's been a while. Uh-huh. Graduation rates have gone up, but was that cooking the books or was that actually him doing a good job? I don't know. But uh, there there are a few scandals, right? There are some cover ups. There's the uh, the whole Wi Fi thing when the mm-hmm. pandemic happened. There was the the hack, the school system hack, and we we talked about this when it happened a few months ago. Yeah, probably due to the fact, first of all, probably don't have enough IT staff to prevent a hack. Second of all, probably don't pay people enough to even care about it who are working for the school. District. Right. I mean, like, probably don't pay people enough, and because of it, probably have people with limited qualifications as far as like even getting in there to mm-hmm. work IT. I mean, they probably have like the stereotype low level, like I don't handle printers because I don't know how to work them. People. Yeah, I mean, cybersecurity infosec is a separate skill in and of its own. Right. Right. You can do best effort as a regular admin or engineer, but at the end of the day, if you don't have someone spearheading that, emphasizing that, right, you're going to have some holes to fill. Right. And and if you don't have leadership emphasizing that at the top, yeah, um, you know, and 
I mean, it, you know, it's tough. Buffalo schools, like, yes, Buffalo schools gets a lot of their funding from the state to fill in the, a lot of federal funding. And they get city funding. But we know city finances are a fucking mess under the current mayor. Now, it might be hearsay, but I'm hearing news that uh, you know, Buffalo teachers are getting paid their regular salary for, but for uh, extracurricular activities, uh, they may have to wait to get that cash. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's what I've been hearing in the grapevine. I mean, the, it's not good. The financial situation is not good. Financial situation is is not good with the city schools, and we we knew this was coming for a while. You know, India... To her credit, although it probably hurt her in the election, said, like, look, we probably need to raise taxes. And that's probably been true for at least six or seven years in the city of Buffalo, that taxes need to be increased. This is coming after the news that they hired an independent contractor for security for the school district or McKinley High School or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where's that money coming from? Is that taxpayer money? Is that earmarked for specifically for security? And they can't use it for teacher salaries or for the kids in other ways? Right. Well, and, and then you had like, you know, after the incident at McKinley a couple of weeks ago, uh, the mayor at his press conference like, well, if they want more cops, we, we can figure out how we'll, we'll do that. We'll get more cops there, but that's going to come out of the budget. I'm like, they don't have enough money to pay the fucking teachers as it is. Yeah. You're going to pay $70,000 a year for a Buffalo police officer to fucking sit there and babysit the school and turn it into a prison, whatever. And then, I, I, so I do know, like, so Kreiner Cash got like a $300,000 severance. Huge severance. I know a lot of people are mad about that. Look, I, that's kind of the cost of doing business when you're a major school district. Like, Cash was making less as superintendent. You than, can argue that it should or shouldn't be that way. Right. But that's the way it is. That's the way it is for all major school districts and even smaller school districts across this country. And, you know, Cash was actually making less money than some of the local suburban superintendents. We've got our own opinions on that, right? About about the school districts and how segmented they are and segregated they are, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, look, I, I don't want to steal any ideas or many ideas from, like, the South. Yeah. But, you know, when you see states where they have, like, countywide school districts, mm-hmm. which w- has more forced integration and shares the tax base and spreads the money out much better. Right. You know, I mean, look, if you think taking, like, $3,000 a student or maybe a little bit more away from fucking Clarence and giving it to city of Buffalo students wouldn't make a dramatic difference. Oh yeah. You're fucking high. And it, it would make a dramatic difference in the positive for the city of Buffalo students and would probably be barely noticeable for the Clarence students. Correct. And, but like spreading out the tax base there that, that way and also eliminating duplication. So instead of having like, I don't know well, it's like, I, I, you have to check my math, but I think it's like 147 different superintendents for all the school districts in Erie County. <laughs> we already know Kreiner Cash is barely here, right? Oh, what are these other fuckers doing? Who knows? Right. I mean, or, and maybe they're there all the time, but like, you know, if you've got like, it, I mean, it's legitimately like 23 school districts in Erie County. Yeah. Uh, if you have that many superintendents and they're all making you know, 175 to 350. They're making six figures for sure. Right. With benefits and all kinds of uh, uh, added ons. Um, and then there's, you know, assisting superintendents and stuff like that. And you eliminate and you're like, well, instead we have one school district and we ha- like, now maybe you have to pay that superintendent because it's a larger school district. Maybe you have to pay them 500,000. But I guess what, if you take like 23 at say just a hundred thousand dollars a year and that's 2.3 million and you replace it with $500,000, uh, I'm not a math major. (laughs) 
No, I'm cat. Uh, I understand there's there's been a website. You are a math that's... major. Oh, you no. are, are you a math major? No, the opposite, <laughs> no. actually. The antithesis of the math major. I was an English major. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, so there is a website that apparently was put together by um, a small group of McKinley High parents and teachers. Um, it is not signed, so they have opted to be anonymous. And there is a lot of documentation on this site about what happened. At, I know you're not specifically talking about McKinley, but about what has happened at McKinley High School for the past like several years that led up to the violent incident in February. And there's a ton of, I guess, documents or um, like press releases that were put out by the Buffalo Teachers Federation that are posted on this site explaining issues that they had or concerns that they had with the former principal, Mark Abraham, and then also his relationship with and the support that he was getting from Kreiner Cash throughout the years, even though there were a lot of teachers who had a lot of issues that were brought up, including like violence and, and threats against them. Um, that they didn't feel was were dealt with properly. So I guess I don't know, you know, what that what's going to happen with this website now that they've basically gotten what they wanted, which was cash resigning, and they have updated it since then too. So I I guess they're keeping it going. But yeah, there is a lot on that website. I don't know if I should say what the website is, but it's markabraham.com. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Also of note, uh, Square listeners, if you're looking to upgrade your your resume, looking for a new job. Buffalo City Schools hiring a new superintendent. So, <laughs> well, we've got an interim superintendent, right? Tanya Williams. Yeah. So she's local. Seemed like everyone watching the coverage of the video of the of the school board meeting, everyone was pretty positive about her being in the position. Felt like there was an air of like relief that a change was finally happening. I don't know if that's because of recent events or if it's just culminated from the past few years of having Kreiner Cash in that position, but hopefully we're on to better days. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I mean, realistically, the whole city of Buffalo school district and the schools, you know, it's not just Kreiner Cash who's been embattled, but I mean, the, the entire district's been embattled right. going back to yeah. at least to like Williams and, and then you had Shithead Palladino the on Paladino the school board and, yeah. and all that nonsense and him trying to basically overthrow the uh, democracy on the school board. Right. Yeah, I, I what what's tough is that like there are very good schools in the Buffalo School District. Sure. Some of the best in the area. Yes. The employees are dedicated and they're unfairly maligned in the in the public in the press well at least in the buffalo news sure they're trying to do their best in an under underfunded situation yeah i mean they just get shit on constantly sucks yeah god, I mean, bl- god bless them right i mean yeah it's at least it's, it's not like teachers are overworked and underpaid <laughs> never anywhere well they are especially in the, i mean even compared to some other bigger cities in, in in the state right they're very underpaid comparatively yeah i mean it com- sucks compared to like the city of olean well, oh sure Right. I mean, that metropolis. <laughs> I do want to point out that the new, the interim superintendent, you know, you mentioned that she's from here, but she not only lives here now, but she like grew up here. She went to BPS as a child. So I'm sure that that probably gives some like enthusiasm to the mm-hmm. staff and her, you know, post-secondary education is also like local. She went, got her bachelor's at Madai, her master's at Canisius and her doctorate at St. John Fisher. So, you know, she's embedded like her entire life. Yeah, that so brings up help. that brings up an in- interesting question. Do we need someone from outside to be the superintendent of the Buffalo schools? Does well, it seem like that's a requirement because it seems like that, that's what's been happening for the past however many years, right? Well, I mean, but I think the idea was is that they weren't opposed to a local candidate, 
but rather than just pick a local candidate, they wanted to get the best candidate possible, right? They they felt that it was enough of a, of a prestige position to be superintendent of the Buffalo school system that they could cast a national net and they could get high qualified candidates. Like, mm-hmm. look, if you're going to be superintendent of like, I don't know, Akron, you're probably from like upstate New York and probably went to school in like Rochester or Buffalo. Yeah, right. Kind of to shoot on Akron. I mean, I'm not totally, but kind of. <laughs> Nobody's like lives in Tacoma, Washington, and they're like, I hope I get a call back from Akron, New York today. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like if you're a superintendent of. Ever say never. Uh, uh, you know, like if you're a superintendent of, say, like, you know, Buffalo being a roughly a top 50 metro market, you know, the city itself is smaller, but it's a top 50 metro market. So if you're in like a, you know, 75 to 100 or 60 to, you know, 80 metro market and you're looking to move on, you probably are looking to move up and you know, something like Buffalo might be enticing and maybe you have the resume and the bona fides to, to move up and, and move into a larger role. It's tough, again, picking on Akron. Let's say you are like the best superintendent that's ever been in the, in the town of Akron and Akron schools. Are you actually legitimately qualified to become superintendent for the city of Buffalo then? How is that skill transferable? Right. You know, and that's the thing is like, other than like, you know, maybe moving somebody up from within Buffalo public schools, you can't poach somebody from one of the suburban school districts. Mm -hmm. Like the only suburban school district that makes like even the closest you might be able to make an argument for would be Sweet Home Mm -hmm. Uh, because of the mix of economic backgrounds and the size of the district. Yep. I'm from Lancaster. Like, if I heard that the Lancaster superintendent was going to be superintendent of the Buffalo Public Schools, I'd be like, that's a fucking terrible idea. <laughs> Come on, you got to represent Lancaster, right? Yeah, I, I, I am accurately. <laughs> uh, I mean... <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. I mean, look, the, this is a school... Like, the, the re- most recent school board election was a bunch of people who wanted to change the name from the current mascot back to the old racist oh, mascot. Oh, okay. Well, that's mm-hmm. probably bad then. The the chief skill you need to be to be superintendent in the town of Lancaster is delicately handling racist every day. Well, Jim, uh, speaking of resignations in the city, it seems that the city legal department, third of that department, has left yeah, for one reason one. or another. Yeah, uh, this is an iPost story. Yes. get a post, our friends there. You know, there's a new head corporation council for the city. The last head, Tim Ball, left to take a position with uh, Supreme Court Justice Jerry Whalen. I'm sure it is higher paying and way less stress. Yeah. And, like, so you have, like, this, you know, again, beleaguered department in the city that, again, is underfunded. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're having trouble attracting young attorneys. It seems and- like they're outsourcing some of the, the legal stuff that's needed for the city to Hodgson Russ. Major donor of the mayor. Yeah. At I least mean, for now. I don't I, know how much more or less expensive that would be than hiring people and paying them a competitive wage, but... I mean, I, to a certain extent, like, there's always going to be some hiring outside council uh, for a municipality. Some of it, yes, it makes no sense and that, like, you know, you want to have a stable of, of your own attorneys. But if you're underpaying them, like, when I said young attorneys for the city, that's generally who they're hiring. Because anybody who has got any kind of experience and any kind of competency is making more money. Yeah. If you're getting somebody who's got like 20 years experience and says, oh, yeah, I'd like to come work for the city now. I don't mean like people who have been working for the city for 20 years. That's totally different. Like they're in that position. 
And people stay in positions for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. But somebody who's been an attorney for 20 years and says, oh, I'd like to come work for the city now at like $70,000 a year. Yeah. That person's a garbage attorney. That's why they're doing that. Like they, like they, they're they're terrible and they're probably fired or getting fired. So you're talking about job. the other two thirds of attorneys who are still there, then, right? So like, most of the attorneys are probably fairly young or right. have been there since they were young, right? Right. In the investigative post story, there's there's a story about uh, how the Brown administration is being uh, sued for discriminatory practices in policing. Mm -hmm. uh, this goes back to 2018. And the advocates who are suing the city have like 10 attorneys and there's all these filings coming in. And like, um, and the city has one attorney working on it and they actually have 33 cases. This is just one of their 33 cases. So the city's recently hired Hodgson Russ, who, yes, is a big-time donor of the mayor. And some of their partners, like Adam Perry, are big-time personal donors to the mayor. That is something I think it would be normal in any municipality, not just Buffalo. We are like, okay, we have this one particular case. While we need the work of like five attorneys on this case, it doesn't make sense for us to hire five attorneys for the long term when we need them just for this one case that might last 18 months. Let's help the city out. What could they do in terms of other compensation, can can they put a jar of Werther's Originals out <laughs> in the lobby for these people, or maybe like provide them free lunch once a month? Well, you know, it like, might be, or maybe bring donuts in every. It now might be and cheaper then. than have a therapy dog. Yeah, yeah. The therapy dog. anxiety. A therapy dog would be cheap. It's like food and and like pick up its shit, right? Uh, you know, for you know, for only two thousand dollars a day, I would come with Ernest. <laughs> that worth every penny. But see, it would come out of a different bucket because of all the uh, accounting engineering. Right. And I bet you they would do it. Yeah. Uh, no, but so hear here us out, city officials. I, I was going to say, instead of Warther's Originals, it'd probably be cheaper to go back to Akron, get the su school superintendent to stop at Ford Gum oh. factory out in Akron, which is where they make Big League Chew. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Let's have a discussion about that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was made around here. Yeah, Big League Chew. Big League Chew's made in Akron. Yeah, oh, my the, God. Do they do factory tours? Yeah. Oh, great. my God, I'm going there. Yeah, yeah. But be careful because if you're anything like children and you take Big League Chew, you eventually use... Oh, yeah, it's a gateway. Adult. Yeah, yeah. Right. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, Akron has like, a, has like a ruler factory, yeah. Perry's ice cream, and, yeah. and Ford gum. Wow. So yeah. three really cool things. That is really cool. Right, yeah. Well, it's, 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 like, let's make a day of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't there a kazoo factory nearby, it's too? It's Eden. Eden, Home that's town. right. Yeah, that's yep. right. Got to represent that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll go to the big league shoe factory and all the all the pieces of gum that are rejects. Right, I'm sure they just come in big trash bags. We'll, yeah. we will give them to the city lawyers mm -hmm. as another form of I compensation. I like the idea that shredded that there would be pieces of shredded <laughs> gum that are rejected some for some reason. There's got to be. There's always rejected product <laughs> in a factory. Yeah, for some reason or another. Right, let's. You know what? This one has metal shavings in it. Let's <laughs> yes, give them to the lawyers. Right, and you know. I'll take it one step further. Okay. Not only will I bring the, the garbage bag full of gum to the city lawyers, <laughs> but as they're chewing it, if they get fatigued, I'll come. I'll rub their cheeks for them. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. What that, a great service. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's why they went to law school is to get their cheeks rubbed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to call my uh, local law school and see if I can get my cheeks rubbed. And <laughs> you know yeah. what? If you, if you start offering to rub people's cheeks, you might need a lawyer. Oh, okay. you know, it's, it's, oh. It, so calling the law school is not the worst thing you can do. <laughs> so, I, so like again, this gets back okay. to like financial mismanagement, right, for the city and and the mayor's office. 
the city finances like saying, well, we're going to have to ask the common council basically to double our budget for outside council. What the fuck? Well, which, I mean, you're saying that the reason that people, that they can't hire qualified people is because they're not paying them well enough. Right. So if they just invested that into salaries, this wouldn't really be, it wouldn't be going outside. It wouldn't be paying. We wouldn't be paying an external contractor because we could just pay R- right. I don't think you have to pay a Hodgson Russ salaries in order to attract people. There's there certain people who will feel like it's some civic need to mm-hmm. be a lawyer if only they paid just maybe $20,000 more a year, right? I mean, look. You don't the, have to pay out the ass. I mean, not that, not that the county, county doesn't have some issues recruiting attorneys, but the county has a pretty robust legal staff and DA's office and mm-hmm. social services has their own law uh, staff. Like the, the county is able to hire attorneys. Right. So what does that difference look like in terms of salary? I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that like, I mean, this gets back to, you know, last year where we had no lifeguards in this for the, mm-hmm. the yeah, pools sure. because, you know, the city was offering the metal shavings as the payment. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, that is <laughs> At least they're shiny. similar, but the thing with the, the lifeguards is like any, if you just get your certification, like, which is, I feel fairly easy to do. You know, like a high school student can do that. Like, yes, you still need to pay them whatever the market is demanding they be paid so you can actually get people who are hired. But, like, obviously the lawyers, <laughs> you need. it's going to take several years of, you know, qualification. And like you were saying, too, if you're only hiring people at the very beginning of your their careers, even if you're paying them well, it's, well, like, better than they're paying them now. Mm-hmm. But not like Hodgson Russ or like a, you know, a private firm right. salary you're still going to have an issue of turnover because people are at the beginning of their career. Or as you were mentioning, let's, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. If it is somebody who's later on in their career and they're a good lawyer, maybe this is like their career ender. And they're like, this is going to be something that's less stressful. Maybe they think this less stressful. And And I'm just going to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just going to do this until I'm ready to retire. Then you're still going to have that problem of people being like, I'm only here for three years or whatever. But luckily, uh, so to add something that we haven't talked about before, but I do know that there is some movement in New York state in the state legislature to follow the lead of like California and a couple of other states where you can become a lawyer without going to law school. Oh yes. All you have to do is pass the bar. The Abe Lincoln way. Yep. Uh, <laughs> or, or the catch me as if you can. Oh way, sure. Right? Too. Um, I think I'd become a lawyer if I could pass that test. Fuck yes. And I'd totally be an ambulance chaser. I would chase those ambulances as fast as I could. I would be corporation counsel for the city of Buffalo. <laughs> uh, up until the point where a state Supreme Court judge hired me away to be a law clerk, and I would do nothing for the rest of my life. That'd be great. That's not true. Law clerks do a lot. In fact, no, you would do nothing. I would do nothing. Yeah, you're not clerk. saying the other people do. Right, yeah, yeah, right, just yeah. you. Right. Other law clerks do an incredible <laughs> amount of work, uh, probably more than a lot of the judges do. Yeah. I would be like one of the do-nothing judges, except I'd be a law clerk. There you go. Unless I could become a judge, at which point I would be absolute do-nothing. Oh, well, you you don't need a law degree in order to be a judge around here, right? Well, dep- to, be like, to be like a town justice, you don't need a law degree. Well, there so you like, go. If you want to be like town justice in Alden... Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? Like, well, I guess you're moving to you know, Alden, right? Like me and Ernest, and like we could run. We could both be town justices. <laughs> like, like who's who's the judge? Is it is, is it the Pomeranian? The, yeah, the Pomeranian. Or, or is it yeah. the or is it the unreasonable one? Mm-hmm. But like to be like state supreme court judge or city court judge, you you need to have uh, a be admitted to the bar and be a, be a lawyer. So that's my my new goal is to be like city court judge. 
All right. Well, speaking of city news, uh, looks like we might have some speed bumps installed around town. Yeah. Is uh, that right? Yeah. Uh, that that so this this is uh, the city's response to like managing speed in in residential neighborhoods. Yeah. What about uh, school zones? That too, or sure. Why, yeah. why not? I mean, depending on the speed bumps zone. everywhere. Right. Yeah. Let's just or like, speed humps, depending on who you are. Right. I mean, I know, like, uh, when I lived in the Elmwood Village, like, I lived on Utica, which was a little bit different of a street yeah. um, because it was a bus route. So there wasn't, like, cars parked on... Uh, at most of those cars parked on one side. There was never cars parked on both sides. Uh, I didn't really care. The Utica was a little bit wider if people were flying down the street. Um, when I lived on Lancaster Ave, that was different, like, when there was cars parked on both sides and people would be going, like, 45 miles an hour down the street. That happens on my street as well. It's a mix of cars and I don't want to get into the whole conversation about like dirt bikes and stuff because that's like a whole different thing. But um, yeah, people just absolutely fly. And there's, I mean, obviously, if you live in the city, you know this, that there's there's stop signs at every single corner. So you can only go a block and it's awesome. There's a lot of kids on my street. It's it's not great. And then, of course, that happened. That horrible thing happened at which school was that for that child? Got hit by a car and died. Oh, yeah. It was on the west side. When was this? When did this come out? Last year. Um, Partnership for the Public Good put out a thing about spe- specifically schools. It was about the cameras in the school zones. Right. And they were they made, like, this whole graphic about which schools are in, like, which areas in, like, high crash, high volume, high crash, low volume, low crash, high volume, low crash, low volume. So, like, number of crashes, and then also just, like, general traffic patterns, I guess, in those areas. And then they made recommendations based on those categories. And all, you know, they were all not really about law enforcement or, like, punishment mm-hmm. with, like, using the cameras, but things like this, like using speed bumps, speed humps. So I think there's a difference between those two things, possibly. Maybe. I don't know what the difference is. If any of our listeners know, hit us up on Twitter or uh, what's that messaging thing you use? WhatsApp. No, uh, <laughs> Signal? Signal. Uh, no, not Signal. Fucking Discord. Discord. Oh, Discord, yeah. D- yeah. Discord. Yeah, uh, if you're Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas and you know about my speed humps. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> please please get at us. Yeah, join, join us on Discord. <laughs> my, my lovely snake humps. <laughs> no, we talked about this with, uh, with Councilman Nowak. That's right. Uh, that, you know, instead of punishing people by putting up... Sp- speed cameras and just using it as a revenue stream mm-hmm. mostly from lower income families why don't you put in speed deterrents like speed bumps speed humps speed lumps whatever kind of umps you want or building out terry folds terry folds building out the curbs and that so mm-hmm. to yeah. narrow the street give it more of a residential street feel um, or just continue to let the potholes get bigger Right, that's yeah, a, and that'll have the same effect. Maybe right. this, maybe that's strategic. I don't right, know. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that the, it's it's what is the like the inverse of humps because that's what's going on in Allen Street right now. <laughs> Speed valleys, right? Uh, <laughs> Concave, the, convex. I don't know. Right, Allen Street looks like a piece of like Swiss Lorraine. <laughs> My least favorite kind of cheese. Well, you go down Allen towards Main Street and get the medical campus, right? Right. Uh, it, it sounds to me like there are plans, maybe, or, or maybe at least talks, rumblings of the VA hospital that, I guess the pretty terrible, like gross condition VA hospital moving to the medical campus. What does that mean? I mean, 
Well, hopefully it means better service for our veterans in this I area. hope so. And and also like better working conditions for our, the staff there. Right. right. It sounds like the current hospital doesn't have air conditioning and a lot of other modern amenities. I, I mean, I mean, that's I'm not, sure it's severely underfunded like the rest of the VA is. Right. I mean, I was going to say that sounds no one gives like gives a shit about it. That sounds like about average for the VA. I mean, the VA is the is the hospital or the entity that had a building in Maryland where the floors were literally buckling under the weight of paper files. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, I mean, whatever. Uh, uh, I mean, look, a billion dollar investment in the VA hospital. If we're going to spend a billion dollars, I'd rather be on the VA hospital than the stadium, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about later. Later, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, sure. Seems like the VA is something that is overall acceptable, regardless of which end of the political spectrum you are, because everyone wants to take care of the vets, right? But it's also low-key an example of how socialized medicine can be bad, because they intentionally underfund it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of those things where it's it's a good talking point. It's good to say that you support veterans, but then in actuality, right. if everybody actually did, then the VA wouldn't need a new facility. They well, would have freaking air conditioning. I cannot, I actually, <laughs> I read that this morning and I was Seems like this is pretty standard shocked. for a hospital. If you got a house in Buffalo, eh, you might be able to get by without an AC. In a hospital, you fucking need one. Well, and I you read too that like they have difficulty... Um, Maintaining the appropriate like humidity levels in the ORs oh, because wow. of the lack of oh are they <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> um, because of the lack of like uh, centralized air which is that's insane and also the ORs are too small they can't get all the you know high quality like most modern equipment in because there's just not enough room. I mean, that's not something that I, like, really keep up on, so I was pretty shocked. I'm sure anybody who, like, works at the VA or is a veteran and who's used their services is like, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, we've been saying that for probably 20 years. I also, I don't know about, so the the current facility is 70 years old. So then I was like, well, how long do, does a hospital last? How often are hospitals being, like, raised to the ground? Or you just move out into a new Mm -hmm. building? Like, I know Oshai, they moved, you know, within the past, what? Eight years? Yeah. Six mm-hmm. years? Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I think, like, obviously, like, as there's putting the medical campus and, and putting more things there, while public transportation still is lacking in this area, that's at least an area that is pretty decent with public transportation mm-hmm. relatively compared to the rest of the area. While the VA should be a, you know, one stop for our veterans, um, if they do need to go to other facilities, at least they'll be close by. The problem with, like... Everybody says, oh, yes, we support our veterans, and why Why would you not support our veterans? So how could you vote against the Department of Defense funding? And, like, well, most of the Department of Defense funding goes to Lockheed Martin, doesn't yeah, go to right. mm-hmm. the VA or to paying vet, vets or paying, you know, current uh, military. Realistic, like, what the fuck? Even, even Eisenhower, a Republican, was like, be careful of, like, the military-industrial complex. Yeah, right. And, you know, we've run it up so high now. Uh, geez, I, I can't forgive student loans. You know how much we're stuck. We're stuck in a spiral. Baby. I, you know how much that would cost. Right. Yeah. And like, and then for like literally like four times what it would cost to just forgive student loans or like, Oh, do we need to spend that in the military? Of course we would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they were saying like, well, we're going to increase wages and pay our members of the, uh, armed services, reasonable wages for literally putting their life on the line. And we were going to have a robust healthcare system for all veterans USAA like insurance like shouldn't like vets just have like lifetime insurance like 
Probably. For the federal government because, yeah. like, of their service. Right. Should we have, you know, what is probably... Should, shouldn't Gronk I mean, should have lifetime especially Gronk. <laughs> insurance, right. car insurance. I mean, he's special. Checking accounts for, through the USA. Right. USA, I don't know if USA is considered technically a nonprofit or if it is a for profit. Do you think football players should be considered uh, veterans? Uh, of what? <laughs> so they can get into the USAA. I think that's the point that commercial is trying to make. Right. right. I mean, there's because there's they no- also put their bodies on the line, but uh, but do. it is for our entertainment. Right. There's there's nothing that uh, is more patriotic than rooting on the Arizona Cardinals. I guess. <laughs> Well, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, having, if they're on the medical campus, then they have access, easier access, closer access to all these different other medical services. But they also, this plan also indicates that they would be able to consolidate. So currently, again, me not knowing much of anything, I, you know, read up on this and their, their plan now would be to take, they have a bunch of different offices and like a rehab facility and stuff is all different places and they would bring it all together in one site in this new place so it would be it would be a one-stop shop in one building and then also you know the services that that surround it too mm-hmm. um i mean i kind of wonder about that too like that sounds really really good i wonder for the people who go to the clin- like is it helpful to have multiple clinics at multiple locations although this says that they're both on main street so i guess they're not really that far away from each other right and that they would also be well, some of them are in rental properties, so I guess if they own the building and everything right. is in one building, they're going to save there. The new hospital would include an expanded residential treatment program for veterans with substance abuse disorders. So that may, I guess they must already have one, but mm-hmm. then they would be increasing that. There were some other things in this article um, in the Buffalo News that you know explained different things that will be in this new building if it gets approved, which sounds great. But I am would be curious what they're going to do with if they move, what will happen to the other building? Because this article yeah. says it's bigger than the Chrysler building in oh, terms shit. of um, square footage. So that's a lot of space. I bet you Doug Jamal has some ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. He's got a plan. For right. Uh, right. Which autonomous coffee shop on the that's, first floor. That's right. It's, you're like, it's a good point you bring up, like, that they have more in the community uh, sp- spots. And they're going back to, like, a, a everything in one building. It's kind of like, you know, what's happening Generally in this country, what has happened, we're like in like the 40s and 50s, everything was located in one spot, generally in the cities. And then in the 70s and 80s, as we had um, the suburban diaspora, you had like, well, we should serve people where they live. And so you had outreach and people in, in, into the various uh, neighborhoods and communities. Um, and you have, again, now kind of a, a growing feeling like, no, we should have everything centralized and, and there should be a main space for this stuff. Um, it's more efficient. It makes more sense. It, it is one that if you live in, I don't know, fucking like Los Angeles, where like if you live 15 miles outside of the city center, that's an hour and a half drive. Yeah. Uh, it's another thing when you live in a me- uh, metropolitan area like Buffalo or like if you live in Alden and you have to go downtown to go to the VA, what, 35 minutes? Yeah. 40 minutes or something like that. You're like, what does this mean to the residents around? The medical campus does that make their lives even worse? Oh, or are they getting displaced because of this? I mean, I mean, so. probably most of them have been displaced already. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, they're obviously the, the Fruit Belt Land Trust has done a lot right. of work to try to keep a lot of residents in, but they're being priced out by doctors and med students as it is. 
realistically, what it probably does is it probably makes it harder for the VA staff because they're not getting paid the same amount of money as the other medical staff because yeah. they're federal employees. Right. So, like, it probably makes their commute worse because now they have to pay to park downtown or park and ride from UB, where they would just, before they would just have to drive to roughly to UB. Now they have to park and ride from there um, because, you know, maybe they live in, you know, Amherst or Tonawanda or something like that. Speaking of social spending, um, uh, it sounds like we're getting close to an agreement on the new stadium. Uh, I mean, not we. No, <laughs> New no. York State and the Pagulas. No. What do you think the general consensus is on this? Do you think I? I feel like most people are like, "Why the fuck are we paying over seventy five percent of the cost of this fucking thing?" Yeah, I think I think most people are mad about it, but I think most people are resigned to the fact that it's going to happen, and that yeah. includes state legislators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New York State. We've had Yankee Stadium, right? Um, what other stadiums? The, the new, we, the new Met Stadium. The new Met Stadium. Uh, the new, have not been really that subsidized. Uh, right, the uh, with public money, right? Um, the, the new uh, Brooklyn basketball arena, right, right, right. Um, but the Barclays—that's what it's called, right? Um, but here in Western New York, seems like there's there's a fear that the that the bill they'll, they'll never leave those markets in, in downstate, right? Here, there's always a threat that the bills will grow wings and fly away. Right. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, nobody's leaving the New York market. No. If anything, people would probably try to join and be a third team in any of the sports uh, in the New York market. How did we get to this point where we're the taxpayers, what, so, so that's cost the stadium about $1.7 billion. Taxpayers are paying about $1 billion for that. Cost of seats are going up. The cost of season tickets are going up with the, what the fuck's that thing called? Personal the, seat the license. Personal seat license. Um, there's no community benefits agreement for this. It's just the Pagula is just raking in the dough, baby. Yeah. They're not putting any skin in the game. So what the fuck? And not is increasing wor- the, the capacity, right? The capacity is not supposed to increase. The, decreasing. The, the capacity decreasing. is actually decreasing. The seated capacity is decreasing. They say this capacity will be about the same with the standing room only party area. Yes, which sounds really comfortable sounds great. and great. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's, 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 it's like it, it's great. It sounds great if you call it a party area, right? Rather, yes. than, rather than a pen for all the cattle watching the right, right, yeah. <laughs> right. The right. It's, uh, they don't normally call it third class like they did on the Titanic. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, wait a second. Does this does this stadium have a potential of sinking into the ground? <laughs> yeah, but no. But just like third class on the Titanic, there's oh. there's only one tub for everybody in third class. Yeah. <laughs> One trough. I guess actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, if I remember correctly from the, t- there were two tubs for everybody in third class, one for men, one for women. Oh, okay. and, then, oh. and they got to share those. Well, that's appropriate. For yeah, the right, like yeah, right. seven month journey on the Titanic. <laughs> well, all right. So, so that's the new bill stadium. So, so there's, so there, there's, there's one piss trough for all of third class. <laughs> well, let's just call it a trough for good measure. But yeah, yeah you, I mean, yeah. I, most people are going to piss in it, but you can do whatever you yeah. want, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the draw. You can do whatever you want. Right, in yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring, bring your rubber ducky. <laughs> uh, just probably don't eat out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, probably. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it, it like so. Yeah, in downstate because they know that they have the leverage. They've basically told the sports teams and the leagues get fucked. Like you're not yeah, leaving New right. York City. Yeah. Upstate, where they know that the Pagulas have all the leverage, um, e- even though you know you have like your local Republican shitheads around here, like Dave DiPietro and Todd Aldinger and you know Pat Gallivan, 
who are going to complain that the you know downstate New York City liberals uh, run the state and only do things for the city, mm-hmm. and we have to live with them. They're going to we're, we're getting our stadium subsidized, and they don't do that there, right? So well, where's the money going in this r- case? Right. Not only do they not do that there, but like if it was up to Erie County to have to pay for it ourselves, or Erie and Niagara County, or the six counties of Western New York to come up with a billion dollars. Are you kidding me? No. We like, like we are literally the part of the state where like we will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, <laughs> and uh, and so all this money is coming from the city. Wimpy New York, Wimpy New York, okay, uh, is coming from the city to pay for a stadium to subsidize the stadium so that we can keep the bills here, so that like I don't know, so we don't feel bad about ourselves. Or we can continue to feel bad about ourselves, right? In a, in a way that's like self-wallowing, mm-hmm. right? That we enjoy, right? That's we're gonna New York State's gonna give us a billion dollars, so maybe we can see Gronk play. <laughs> oh god! So I, the only people who actually make out in this are Southern Ontario Bills fans. Oh right, like, uh, you mean other than the Pagulas? Well, the Pagulas make <laughs> yeah, out right, like bandits, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I the uh, I think the last I saw is like. Uh, the NFL might kick in like 150 million. Yeah. The Pagulas might kick in like 200 million, right. which won't actually come from their pocket. Like they'll take out a 200 million dollar loan. Yeah. Based off of that, and pay like one and a half percent interest, and and repay it at at will. Right. Um. And then New York State is going to pay a billion dollars. That's fucking crazy. It's just insane. Chairwoman Baskin of the county legislature has been working very hard to get some sort of community benefits agreement. But prove me wrong, Pagulas. But what I really see what's happening is similar to like the last time, you know, that we did major renovations for the stadium and there was a community benefits agreement signed and they just totally fucking ignored it. Like well, the only way we're going to get anything in the Pagulas is the way we got money out of Ralph Wilson is he fucking died and we got a new LaSalle part. <laughs> Local That's pol- still in shambles, by the way. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. Local politicians don't want to be in, in power when the Bills leave Buffalo, right? They will automatically lose if the Bills leave Buffalo, probably. They're getting bent over. Well, They've got no recourse. Well, I mean, here's the thing is, like, I'm not sure that they would, but they think they would. Like, right. they don't want to take that chance. Well, how high do we think the chance is that if, if we stood up to the Pagulas, we as a state or whatever, and, and maybe not to the extent that New York City does and said, like, fuck you, like, you're paying for this if you want to be here. But it was more, like, equitable. Or if there was, like, a CBA that actually had teeth in it that was going to be right. upheld, do we actually feel, think that they would be like, we're going to wherever the other right. market is? I mean, probably. I mean, not, it, it's, to be fair, like, in New York State, like, I don't, Yankee Stadium might have been totally privately funded, but I think, like, I think New York State gave, like, $100 million towards, like, the building the new Met Stadium. Okay. So it wasn't like they gave zero. Mm-hmm. But, like, instead of, Spending the majority, they're like, no, of course not. We'll give you something. Uh, we're not. We're not giving you the majority of this. Um, Those are also buildings that get used much more during the year than a right stadium. Would. Yeah, I mean, but at least Metallica's coming. Yeah, they probably would move. But like, what city would they move to? Is is probably the good. Well, question. and also, would that city be willing to just be like, we'll pay for it all, and you don't have to do any? Well, you know, like, wouldn't they? I would hope. I would hope that other cities would hold their feet to the fire the way that we're talking about also. I mean, I th- they're certainly moving that way. Um, you're seeing that in Oakland with the A's. Like the A's are like, well, you have to give us this location and pay for it. And Oakland's like, all right, counter offer, no. <laughs> Request denied. 
Vegas wanted football so bad that they basically paid for most mm-hmm. of the Raiders stadium. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, now, but then you have like counter to that, like Los Angeles, who, which as a sit as a market as a city, doesn't give a shit about football, paid zero dollars towards the Ram Stadium, right. and they they I mean they do not give a shit about football. Like they just won the Super Bowl, and most people in LA do not care. They they only They're probably th- just finding out about it. Right. Well, the, we have a football team. Yeah, right. Right. Oh, and they won. Okay. Oh, this tweet from three weeks ago. Right. Yeah. The only fo- we won the, the only football they care about for the most part there is college right. because so many of them went to USC or right. UCLA. Right. So that's the football team they care about. Like whatever Rams. Who gives a shit? The markets that are going like you know like the the first one that was floated was Austin, Texas. Like Boston weird, super yeah, weird yeah, to have an yeah. NFL team. <laughs> right, su- super weird to spend a billion dollars on a stadium for an NFL yeah. team. The Pagulas, to a certain degree, could counter, like, where they maybe they would spend a little bit more money. Both the mean and median income in Austin is much higher than Buffalo, so they could charge more. They're talking about these personal seat licenses, and I think the price that's being pushed around is, like, $10,000, so you have, yeah. just to have the rights to buy season tickets. Yeah, that's crazy. Ew. Yeah. That sucks ass. But in a, a market like Austin, they could probably charge double that. So, so like PSL, PSLs are crazy, right? Like, it's this insane thing where you spend X amount of money. It sounds like such a fucking scam. I'm sorry, right? And it's something I would never fucking do. So, and so it's my understanding is like the general history of of like a personal seat license type thing uh, dates way back like forty years. Um, to like Stanford University, where they were trying to raise money to build a new tennis stadium. And they were like, so they, but, so they charge PSLs for their football games? No, for for tennis. For tennis, okay. And you got your name engraved on the tennis seat. Okay. They they did it so that they reallocated money toward from to the capital budget to build a stadium, and the money for the seats and your 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 seat license was towards the scholarships, so it was tax deductible. That's obviously not the case in the NFL, no. and also in in major league sports. Like, there are a couple of baseball teams that do PSLs. It's like five or six. There's a couple of basketball teams that do them. Most notably, uh, the Golden State Warriors, when they built their new stadium, uh, did, like, wide-ranging PSLs. A lot of them do it just for, like, small areas. Like, like, it, like the Raptors do PSLs for, like, the first two rows around the court. Golden State did it for, like, the entire stadium. Which was hilarious because, like, 15 years before, they were dog shit and nobody yeah. went to the games. And then, like, they got Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Right. And people were like, oh, now they lost their minds. And, and there's literally only two NHL teams that have PSLs. The Maple Leafs, which makes sense because millions of people want to go to every single game. And that's why we sell out Leaf, Leafs games here in Buffalo. And then also, LOL, the Columbus Blue Jackets, which makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Pretty much any, every NFL team does uh, some sort of version of the PSL or PSR, whatever they want to call it. Uh, the Bills are, like, late to the game here. Um, this was this especially got a kickoff in the 90s when the Panthers expanded, were a new team. And they were, like, the first team to do it in the NFL. So before you, the Panthers even started playing, you like, so in there's like an expansion team, you know they're going to be terrible. And they were still like, give us money so you have the right to buy season tickets. These things are non-transferable, generally. Right now, the bills are so good. There's a waiting list for season tickets. They've got like the second best odds to win the Super Bowl next year already. I could see where it can be conceivable as like an investment strategy. Like, I'll buy a bunch of PSLs for $10,000. They'll sell out. And then there'll be a secondary market where maybe I could sell a PSL for fifteen dollars or $20,000. But they're non-transferable. My other understanding is that 
in I think in most cases and not all cases is that when you decide to give up your rights to your seat you get that money back, but you only get face value back. So if you hold on to, like you buy your PSL in 2023 for $10,000 of the bills, and in 2054, you decide, you know what? Now that I'm 95, I'm not going to Bills games anymore. Uh, I'll give up my PSL. They will give you $10,000 back. Oh. So you, you don't get, there's no interest accruing. There's It's it's it's, it's an interest-free loan that you're giving to mm-hmm. a billion-dollar organization. And if the seats or the licenses have, have, you know, have gone up, like if they're 40K in whatever year you just said. Right. doesn't matter. Yeah. You get face value for it. Jeez. You keep saying 10,000. Is that the number that they've been That's the number I've heard. I don't know if that's that's definite. Would that be for like every seat? Yes, that's my understanding is for every... so That is fucking insane. Okay, I mean, I'm not... This is going to be very unpopular. I'm not a football fan, not a Bills person. Do live in Buffalo, grew up here, just not a Bills person. Um, my partner will be furious, but he knows that. He is a big-time Bills Mafia guy. I just do not understand. Even for him, like, as a season... He's been a season ticket holder for many years. Know a lot of people who are season ticket holders. I do, they cannot do that. He cannot pay ten thousand dollars. No, it's not possible. I'm sure the bills will offer. Oh, that's the majority. Plans. Oh, yeah. Sure. Plans. I'm sure they will. Offer. Well, I got news for you, all you listeners. We're offering PSLs uh, to the snake pit. Right. <laughs> so if you want to sit here, you can't be in part of the discussion at all, unless right. unless you're one of our special group. But if you want to sit in one of our seats and pay us $10,000 per episode. Well, no, that's the no, no, no that, for a year. That, for, t- for a year, but that's right. just the right to purchase the seat for that's each individual right. episode. That's right. That's right. So it's basically a deposit of $10,000. And then what do you think it is a year for season tickets to the Snake Pit, Jim? Oh, season tickets to the Snake Pit? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, 15 pounds of brisket. That sounds great. Yeah. Mm. That's it. I'll cook the briskets. It can be raw brisket. Right, yeah. Do you just have to pick up... Do, you, do, do, do we take a payment plan of that as well? Can it be like two pounds every... Yeah, sure. I think, I think I, I'm think i flexible. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, very reasonable. Yeah. yeah, That's more reasonable than the bills. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Definitely more reasonable than the bills. I, so, so they do... Like I said, it's an interest-free loan for these sports teams. And then like they have an idea... The reason why they sell season tickets is not because of the goodness of the heart they want to sell tickets. It's so they have a baseline mm-hmm. of funding, right? A baseline amount of money. Mm-hmm. Because they make more money selling individual tickets, right? But it's guaranteed money. But season tickets, are, season. season tickets are guaranteed money, and they and they know you can set a budget around that, right? As opposed to individual game sales, you know, like look, if you have to rely on individual game sales, you then you probably don't have a lot of demand for your tickets because you're, you're probably the savers. So I feel that this maybe not in Buffalo because it's such a such a football town, and it doesn't really matter that much how how well the team is doing. But for another team, if you know, they start doing this, as you say, most of them have already done. Preferably, I would assume, in a year where they're doing very well or they're expected to do very well, then people really, there's high demand for the tickets and the seats. But then what happens when, like, five years later, they shit the bed and, like, it, it, do they just assume that people have already bought them all? That they don't have to sell anymore? So it's just right. like, we got you in when we were hot and now you're stuck. Well, like I said, like, it's an interest free loan, right? So, like, even if all your season ticket holders come in, like, five years and say, give us back our. $10,000 or $8,000 or $20,000 or whatever it is, you've been able to invest that and make right. money off of it for the last, you know, mm-hmm. five to 10 years. So fine, whatever. Okay, here you go, dummies. Here's your money back. Well, and there's that sunk investment too that people, I'm sure people are like, oh, well, they're not doing well now, but I'll j- I've already paid the 10000 So right. Yeah, right. I might as well just hold on to them. And it gives you the incentive best. to keep going. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the whole thing is gross. I don't like it. Yeah, it no, it's 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 very gross. And I, I got to tell you another gross investment. Okay, ECC North. Yes, At ECC North. Well, I wish we had PSL for ECC North. <laughs> so Erie County Community College, right? ECC North. This guy, like, I was at. I used to work for the County Ledge like twenty years ago. Like, yeah. I was. I worked there. Uh, during the red green budget time when Joe Giambro was county yeah. executive back in the in the prehistory days when when everything was transcribed on parchment and pterodactyls yeah and, that's right yeah right. carrier pigeons yeah. and uh, we we got the original county charter when uh, Giambro went up like Moses went up the mountain and got the, <laughs> the county charter directly from God oh, oh my God and then everybody uh, was partying down below and right he was right yeah pissed when he came down right yeah we what does that make Dennis Gorski that's that, well he, that's we had the we had the giant gold statue of Edward Kowski down oh, there that okay, we were worshiping yeah, okay. but even back then so they were talking about investing in like STEM. Well, there was, so first of all, there was some talk about consolidating all the ECC campuses onto one campus. Yeah. Which and, should be the city campus. Well, that was generally the point. And I was working for the Republicans at the time, and the Republicans were like, it should be the city campus. Uh, there were some Republicans who were like, well, no, it should be it should be north or it should be south because that's in my district. Which, right, which right, is right. like, obviously, like just a total shit argument. Like, yeah, right. Um, well, because it personally affects me. It should be here. Right. The administration was like, well, we're going to invest a bunch of money. We're, we basically, They basically got their hand forced. Because the Giambra administration didn't want to close everything down and just put it in the city. But they basically got their hand forced and they're like, all right, well, we're going to invest a whole bunch of money in North Campus. Because South Campus does pretty well. City Campus does fine. It's got the second highest enrollment. North Campus has this issue where it's competing with NCCC. Niagara County Community College. The counties are incentivized in New York State to basically raid other counties and get as many students from them. Because if you are Erie County and somebody from your county goes to Niagara Community College, you get a chargeback that your county has to pay to that county. How much is that chargeback? It's a couple thousand dollars. Oh shit! Okay, I didn't know per that. Per student mm. that you that you have to pay uh, to that county. Because they're basically subsidizing the cost of your resident. Oh, no shit. It, it seems extremely ticky-tacked. It's, it's, it's so super gross. Yeah, it's fucked. Um, and so, like, South Campus, like, look, nobody's going to Jamestown. Like, like the diff- like the, diff- the drive from, like, Hamburg. Talking about JCC. Right, yeah. which is the next closest one if right, you're right. heading south, right? Yeah, right. So the drive from Hamburg, you're not going like, well, maybe I'll go to ECC, which is five minutes away, or maybe I'll drive an hour to Jamestown. Whereas, like, if you live in, like, Amherst or Tonawanda up near like Niagara County and you're like, well, I can drive 20 minutes to ECC or I can drive 15 minutes to Ntrip. You know, I guess I'll go to Ntrip. Mm-hmm. So ECC, they, they, they decided to make a big investment there in North Campus in STEM and it's paying off not at all. And they're still losing lots of students. Now, is how do you get there? I mean, if you don't live near there well, and, you're, and you're a county resident, what the fuck are you going to do? Well, that's the thing, too. Like, right, South, ECC South is accessible because it's so close to the football stadium. Right. So it, it, we didn't design the highway system around there to be make it to, so you could get to ECC South. It just happens to be near the football stadium. Mm-hmm. So it is accessible because we made it to be accessible to, ECC, uh, to this football stadium. City campus is accessible because we make downtown accessible. Middle of nowhere on fucking Worley is not accessible mm-hmm. for North Campus. Speaking of the chargebacks, real quick though, like Erie County has basically just like given up culinary arts to N Triple C, like and so all those students, they're Niagara County's getting kickbacks for that. Yes, students from Erie County, Erie County or other county, right, Orleans, right, right, what right. have you, right? And they're getting their chargebacks, and 
And the culinary arts is such a small segment of the school that, like, it was, Erie County basically said it's it's not worth fighting over. STEM, however, is such a large segment of community college enrollees that it was worth fighting over. 20 years ago, we knew we were putting all this money into the medical campus. Most of these STEM positions, especially at the associate's degree level that you're getting at a community college, are going to be looking for entry-level jobs, probably in medical fields, like the like where the camp medical campus is. And they're like, well, we could invest all this money in ECC South and pick up some property around the old post office downtown and be a couple blocks away from where they could do internships and get new jobs. Or, hear me out, we could put it in the middle of fucking nowhere in Amherst and make it so it's impossible for them to get there. And make it so it's impossible that, like, if you're a city resident who doesn't have your own vehicle and you rely on public transportation and you want to get to ECC South. Yeah, good, good fucking luck. Like, I, I, I don't know. I hope you have a fucking paraglider. <laughs> so does NCCC have comparable programs? Yeah. STEM programs? To yep. the, okay, so then. So, it's, it's, so the, all, all, your, all your community colleges in, in New York State, each counties, are basically direct competitors to each other. Sure. Yeah, Niagara- that system doesn't seem uh, good. No, it's terrible. <laughs> it's not good. Not to mention that the two-year schools are not doing well right now in Mm-mm. terms of your enrollees. Right. They're not doing well. Yeah. So you add that to the equation, it just sucks. Mm-hmm. That they make that the, the counties compete against each other is terrible. Yeah. You have these chargebacks. The, are the counties subsidizing it to a certain degree? Most of the subsidies are coming from SUNY, are coming yeah. from the state system. Yeah. Let's be crazy, Joe Biden, and like make like some public schooling free. It makes sense. The way that the system is set up, it makes sense that if the county is putting X amount of dollars into their own community college system for their own residents, and then their residents are going somewhere else, that they would, they should cover the cost of that. But then that makes this whole system not very viable because then people are trying to poach students away from each other. Right. I mean, colleges, universities, like they advertise a certain amount anyways, other than like getting the money for chargebacks, there's no reason for NCCC or GCC, who are probably the two biggest competitors for Erie County, to be advertising in Erie County other than they want that money from the chargebacks. GCC is also a big competitor with Erie County because if you live in Akron, Newstead, uh, Alden, Marilla, the drive to Batavia is actually closer than going to any of the Erie County. And we all know you want that big Akron money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're really courting Akron pretty Uh, pretty hard. It's embarrassing, Jim. (laughs) Akron's been playing hard to get. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, especially like uh, a town like Alden, where at least when I was in the county ledge, there were more Alden high school grads going to GCC than they were going to ECC. Um, You know, I mean, like, usually, like, uh, there might be a fair amount, but ECC is still getting the most because it's in-county. And at that time, Alden was sending more to out-of-county than in-county. Does it cost the student more? You know, like, if you go out of state, it costs more? No, it's it's all in-state tuition. So it's not, you don't get a different tuition because you're at a county. So that money's all behind the scenes. Right. In keeping with uh, Erie County... Looks like there's no more state of emergency, or, or should I say county of emergency? County of emergency. In Erie County. Everything, everything's great, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Pandemic's over. Pandemic's over. Gal Burstein will no longer be making any overtime. Yep. Uh, rest so, for sure, Ted Aldinger. Yeah, Todd Aldinger. so you can, you can rest that bullshit, Ted. Right. Yeah, Ted or Todd? 
who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Right. Uh, <laughs> One of them too. Right. The financial guys can like they can drop yeah, their lawsuit. They can drop that fucking shit. For, if you're not aware, the whole rationale be- behind uh, the commissioner of health and other salaried employees in the county earning overtime is that it came from again Giambra time during a state of emergency. Yeah. They argued that because it was a state of emergency, the salaried employees were should be eligible for overtime. Basically, because like the funding was coming out of a different pool, it wasn't coming out of the county budget. Is it was this on the stone tablets? Yeah, yeah, this okay. on the stone tablets. Right. Uh, Chuck Swanick helped Giamber bring them down. <laughs> so now that that rule was basically against some protests, including from then county controller Mark Polencars, it was deemed accurate and and okay, okay. And so now we see that that certain county elected officials, Burstein getting the most money, but. She was not alone, yeah. which is another reason why, like, that lawsuit that Aldinger filed on behalf of the financial guys is so fucking disingenuous. Yeah. Is because you got all these salaried employees for the county sheriff's office, right? Right. Who, like, who are, aren't aren't getting sued? Right. right. It's we want to we we want to pick up just on this one person. But the state emergency is over. State emergency is over. Low risk. The Omicron variant has has largely passed. Our hospital capacity is low. Right. And nationally, we do we still have like the equivalent of nine eleven dying every day or every other day? Maybe, uh, maybe, but still the pandemic. So right, we're pandemic, tired. Pan- we're, so we're, we're tired of it. We're tired of it. It's, we're, tired. we're sick of it. Pandemic's over. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you you don't have to, like the uh, the rules around going to the arena and going to the stadium are are totally gone. No more masks. No, no more, more vaccine requirement. Right. Uh, we're done. It's over. Just in time for back to the Pfizer fucking stadium. office. Back to the office. This, you know, I think starting April, a lot of companies are requiring you to be back. Yep. Ass in the seat in the office. I don't know if you are, have already discussed this before, but have we talked about why, from the federal level, from the CDC, like why this is occurring? That the, the well, I think I think the uh, the thresholds have been adjusted. They have been adjusted. Yes. So if you look at the so we're now current based on the new guidelines from the CDC, Erie County is now considered low. I don't think they're calling it transmission anymore because that's actually not the only indicator. <laughs> Low risk, I guess. I don't right. know. We're and in but, the lowest level. But speaking of transmission, uh, poor one out. There was a transmission dance party last night. Did you guys go? Oh no, I didn't. Oh, go. Okay, Cure versus okay. the Smiths. But now with this new, the new levels, which take into consideration both number of positive cases per hundred thousand people, but also hospital admissions and hospital capacity, um, we're in low. But if you look at the former version that we've been operating under for two years we're in substantial which is the second highest tier Mm -hmm. still yeah so throw your mask in the trash everybody Mm. (laughs) we just changed the graphs right yeah oh boy as as long as you keep moving the goalposts everything is okay yeah people are gonna do what they want but that's what that's where we're at it's pretty sad that uh you know i'm all for reducing requirements if things are improving mm -hmm. and maybe large scale they are i don't know but it doesn't seem like they are at a national scale, right? Well, I will say, I don't know if I should, I won't say where I work. I work somewhere that has something to do with healthcare. Sure. Let's just say that. Right. And, and we um, the do VA. a lot of COVID testing. Are you, you work for the VA? Oh, shit. <laughs> I better edit that out. <laughs> I don't work for the VA. <laughs> so we've been COVID testing this, this whole time. And, and in January, it was astronomically high. And last, I think the last report we had was from last week and there were only three positive COVID cases that we had tested for. So that's great. I don't want to say we're, we're not like an enormous hospital system. Um, so don't think that, you know, <laughs> it's not like we, we tested like 
5,000 people and there were only right. three positives. But still, you know, that's a way, that's a far cry from like 300 people being positive, you know, uh, in January. You, I just want to circle back real quick. Uh, your comment about uh, us, that we should be basically, if we were still using the old standard and substantial. I think I was looking at, I saw the uh, Australian fire danger scale that they have. The lowest on the scale is uh, moderate. There's, there's no low. It just okay, it starts right. at moderate. And the second lowest is high. And then there's two stages. Then there's extreme, which is not the highest or most dangerous stage. <laughs> what is the highest? Catastrophic. Oh, boy. <laughs> Poor Australia. God. Yeah, yeah. And then there's one higher than that. You're pretty much fucked. <laughs> right, right. That's... Well, it's like the levels are no longer required because no one is left who can read them. Right, right. right, right, right. Well, after catastrophic, there's just a picture of koalas with bindles leaving town. Oh, no. Oh, poor koalas. So, yeah, yeah, so whatever. We definitely still have COVID, but the county says we've changed the rules, so everything's okay because, uh, well, because landlords need people to get back into work. That's the that's the that's at the federal level, at the state level, at every level. It's we can't that's have these empty is. buildings and anymore. The, the mayor of New York's all for it. The governor's all for it. And speaking of the governor, looks like she's got some donations from some uh, sketchy LLCs. There's some sketchy accounting there, right? Well, Jamie? yeah. It's it's not that the LLCs are necessarily sketchy. What it is is that she's being shitty and disingenuous in her record keeping with the, the campaign finance. Uh, so campaign finance law says. When you get this money, you have to. You can't just say, "Oh, it's from this organization." You have to attribute it to an individual so that it counts against their max donations that they can make right. during a cycle. Right. Just individual base. If you're a corporation, you have what? How, how much max? Max is five thousand statewide for all candidates. For all candidates per election per cycle per cycle. Right. Got it. So you know if you're. Pagula Sports Entertainment, and for whatever reason, maybe you're negotiating with the state of New York. I don't know if they would be doing that. Yeah. Uh, if you gave $5,000 to Kathy Hochul, you're done. You can't give money. For another the, four years. Well, it's per cycle. Okay. It's per election cycle. So you can get $5,000 before the primary, and then before the general, you got uh, another. You, it opens up another five grand. Got it. Okay. Um, but for the primary, if you give Kathy Hochul $5,000 and say, like, your, your, your do-nothing son wants to run for dog catcher in Evans, well, you can't give him any money. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, he, he's going to have to sell those jizz hats and to, to get enough money to run for dog catcher. But an individual tied to an LLC can can give right because it's based off your individual donation how much is that uh it, it varies on the office but for kathy hochel it's what 30 it's, it's over 30 grand yeah. uh again that's per cycle so if you've got an extra sixty five thousand dollars kit laying around and you want to give it to kathy hochel you'd be like well i can't give it all to you right now i have to wait until the june primary is over and i can give you the <laughs> yeah, rest yeah, yeah and then i'm going to spend money on a psl right yeah. right yeah i mean it, yeah it, it it varies like you know County uh, or state assembly is a couple thousand dollars. Uh, state senator is like ten thousand dollars is the max. Again, that's per cycle. I mean, you can get into some kind of like gray areas. State senators Sean Ryan and Tim Kennedy were endorsed for re-election right. this week. Yeah. Now, Tim Kennedy, I heard crickets about anybody running against him. Yeah. Um, so if you give the max donation to Tim Kennedy for the cycle, if he doesn't have an election in the primary. Theoretically, you're not supposed to be able to give him more money before the general, but he could say he he had to gear up for the primary, and and 
what and again it's new york state so like the worst that's going to happen is a, is a slap on the wrist mm-hmm. and they're not even going to use like a ruler they're going to use like a slap bracelet <laughs> like it's but sean ryan now sean ryan has a race <laughs> it is everybody's favorite former write-in mayor, mayoral candidate Ben Carlisle is running a primary against Sean Ryan. Your boy. My boy. Ben Carlisle. Uh, who's, who's changed his Twitter account handle to like send Ben for New York 60 or something. Send like Ben. Send Ben. Wow. Yeah. Well, because he does this for when he was running for mayor, he changed his name to Mayor Ben mm-hmm. as though he already won. We know he didn't. He got like a little over 200 votes. Yeah. Which he thinks was enough to offset the India Walton votes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. It's, it was he was the one who brought her down, right? And the uh, numbers really, I'm sure, right? Back that up, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so now he's send ben, he's he's all, send ben. he's already assuming that he's he has beaten Sean Ryan in the primary, and, and but he's definitely going to lose the if there is any Republican challenger in the general. He's already won that. Right. He is uh, in his mind senator elect. He has no chance in the primary. No. Well, uh, we talked about this last week about it, uh, it like. You live in, in Sean Ryan's district. I sure do. You live in Sean Ryan's mm-hmm. district. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a pretty liberal district. Now, I know it used to be represented by Chris Jacobs, but Jacobs was kind of an anomaly as a Republican run, representing that district because, like, I don't, he had, like, a zillion dollars, and people thought maybe he was kind of moderate. It's become more Democratic, more liberal since then. And Ben Carlisle is like, I know how I'm going to win this Democratic primary. Not a general election, but a Democratic primary. I'm going to run against him from the right. I'm going to be more conservative than Sean Ryan. And that should win in a district that, uh, if you look at the numbers, supported India Walton. Strategery. Right. The incredible intelligence of uh, Ben Carlisle cannot be overestimated. Send Ben also sounds too much like Sinbin. Yeah. So. Sinbad? It's just Sinbad. Right, yeah. Shazam. Yes? No. No. So I always get confused with... Sh- so isn't Shazam one of those, like, Mandela effect yes. things? Yeah. Sure is. Because I can never remember what's actually real and what's the Mandela effect yeah. thing. I had a Mandela effect thing where I thought I bought one scented soap and it ended up being another. Mm. And my wife, Kel, swears that we bought that one. And I and I swear that we didn't. Mm-hmm. Because it's, one day it smelled completely different and, and it was a different name. That sounds was, like an Amelie thing. That I thought we coming in and like I changing we, your soap. Yeah, I thought we bought sandalwood and it ended up being vanilla blossom mm. after like three Those weeks. Those are quite different. It. I know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened. I feel like I crossed a threshold into another timeline, and hopefully it's a better timeline and not a worse one. Right, right. That's, well, it's, uh, I was that's re- what I well, always COVID's hope. gone. Right. So COVID's gone. yeah, COVID's that gone. So so I think things are improving. Uh, um, I was speaking of like crossing timelines. I was reading online a, 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 a story from this poor uh, worker at McDonald's oh. that like some like seventy year old guy came in and was like, "Yeah, like a McDog." And he's like, "What do you? What do you? A McDog? McDog? Like a foot long hot dog? Yeah, okay." And he's Is like, he, "Was he from another country? Because I do no, think that they have those." No, elsewhere. no, no, because he was. They got pizzas in Canada. At McDonald's, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like, "I had like a McDog." He's like, "We we we don't McDonald's doesn't sell hot dogs," and he was like. Look, I know you used to have them. Give me my McDog. And like got real mad and was like yelling and asking for the manager because like he's withholding McDogs from me. I know you guys have McDogs yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, and it was like that's that's definitely a traveler from a different timeline. There are clearly 
people crossing the timeline threshold right, right now. Yeah. I'm one of them with my hand soap. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you all have experienced something similar. Yeah. And Rad Pack out there, you listeners, if you've experienced a Mandela effect, no matter how insignificant you might think it is, please post and tell us. Yes. Show up on our Discord. Yes. Uh, free McDogs. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> have you had a McDog? I don't know. I, I've never had a McDog. Uh, well, I mean, I've had hot dogs on St. Patrick's Day, so kind of. <laughs> God. I would um, boo if it wasn't gonna like blow out the speaker. There we go. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, well, you know, the last thing we've got to cover today, um, who I'm sure was eating McDog in the cockpit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe a like a, a garbage plate or something. Yeah, maybe with some wings from the anchor bar. <laughs> Oh, de- yeah. definitely wings from the anchor bar. Yeah. We had a... Um, uh, I, maybe just like a Jim's Blue sub. Oh, Jim's Blue? Can yeah. you get those at the airport? I don't know. Uh, they got, what, that sandwich place? Yeah. They got a couple other... They do have the anchor bar wings. Anchor uh, bar. Right. Which I'm sure rival the... I shouldn't... I'm not going to get into how bad the anchor bar is. <laughs> oh, please. No, please get into how yeah, bad please, the anchor please bar is. do. Right. Well, I was going to say, if the quality of the anchor bar is, you know... The airport one must the be airport so really good. Right. Yeah, it's not, yeah. Right, no, it's no, not great. The Frank Sunny Airport is really good. <laughs> we had, we had uh, one of the, the co-pilot, the, the, the pilot of this JetBlue flight right. was like, oh my God, I think my co-pilot is drunk. Had him removed and breathalyzed. Oh, I thought it was a TSA agent that like. Oh, was it a TSA agent? That's what I, read. I, I heard that it was the pilot. Who was suspecting the well? Whoever pilot. it was, bravo yeah. to you. You're probably you're, you're probably correct, and I'm just like Mandela affected into thinking <laughs> right. that it was the pilot <laughs> and not the TSA uh, official. Well, anyway, he got kicked out. Yeah, he so. he got pulled, out and he he blew a point one seven. Yeah, wow. respectable. Yeah, is it, well, that's still okay to drive a, a plane, right? Well, here's my thing: is like uh, this made the uh, the rounds on the internet a couple of weeks ago. Is that it turns out that flight attendants and pilots. Don't get paid until the doors of the plane are closed. Oh, okay. So maybe he was like, "What? Like, I, I know, I know, I can't drink at work, but I can drink off the clock." Yeah. And as long Technically as off the clock, right? As long as people are still filtering into the plane, I can get, I, I can hammer as many of these mini bottles as possible. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no restriction on drinking if you're a podcaster, right? Uh, well, I mean, I haven't found one yet. Yeah, no, I hope no. not because I don't think I could do it without at least a, a little bit of a blood alcohol percentage right right being a pilot you probably sh- should have your, your, your yeah but he was a co-pilot do you think there oh. should be like a different uh threshold if you're a co-pilot <laughs> right yeah versus pilot? right like look should have your wits about you i, I mean I, sure but like i understand like you shouldn't consume alcohol on drive you can be drunk and be like looking at your phone and tell me on apple on like google maps where I think, to go i think it's a little different because you're you're comparing a passenger in a vehicle and a motor vehicle to a passenger on a plane. That's that's not what's happening here. Well, I mean, my understanding of co-pilot, a pilot and a co-pilot, I, a, a co-pilot is not a passenger. You're an active participant in flying that plane and getting it to a destination safely. Look, uh, if you've ever driven with somebody who is looking at a map while drunk, they're an active <laughs> participant. <laughs> 
All right. Well. Well, what about, okay, so you know those people who there's like some very, very tiny percentage of the population who just always have alcohol in their system right. because their bodies like naturally produce it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So are they precluded from pursuing their dreams as pilots? Um, no, they, but they it's have, good. they it's have to enroll out. in the U S Navy. <laughs> well, it seems like it's, this is a pretty Buffalo thing, right? Because we can't do anything without having beer attached to it. Right. You can't run a 5k. You can't do a fundraiser. You go to other parts of the country and they're like, what you, 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 you're drinking and eating like chicken fingers after a 5k. That's absurd. Right. Uh, like more, most people are eating bananas and yogurt or some shit. Right, right. Uh, we'll get to the shamrock run in a second, but uh, <laughs> I mean, th- this is also true of you know when I uh, when I first got out of college, I was working part time in politics locally, uh-huh. and I was drinking more because I was working in politics and like there was different events going on. Were you flying planes? Uh, I thought so. <laughs> uh, I was drinking more than I had been drinking in college yeah. while doing politics locally. Yeah. I then got a full-time job in the Hudson Valley working in politics. Uh-huh. And we like we never drink. Like yeah, there'd be fundraisers. Really? Just in the Hudson Valley. Yeah, there I mean, there'd be fundraisers and like maybe like the member of Congress that we're for might have like a glass of wine. Yeah. But like there wasn't this like overwhelming like every every event like you go to and you when you're working in politics, there are multiple events each night. So you at, you know, maybe one, but usually it's like two to like five events you go to. In Erie County in Western New York, you're expected to have a drink at each one of those. So like yeah, the reason yeah, why yeah. elected officials in this area are taking staff with them isn't because like they feel they're so important. I mean, maybe that's part of the reason for some of them, but often it's because they need a designated driver. <laughs> when I was working and I was working in like the eastern suburbs, we would go to like fire hall, like fire uh, installation dinners and stuff like that. And if you didn't have a couple of drinks, they got offended and thought you didn't like them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the, so then, the, then they were like, oh, well, you know, now, like, we're going to, like, tell people not to vote for you because you didn't have get drunk at our yeah, installation yeah, yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Is this carried across, like, Rust Belt slash industrial type I'm, cities? I'm sure, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, is it I'm, a, I'm wondering that. Is it a Midwest Rust Belt Great Lakes thing? Like a blue or, collar kind of blue a thing. Blue collar thing, or is it like a Catholic thing? Well, oh, that's a good right, point too. Right, right. Yeah. Like, those, like are, any, those are those are Central European Catholic. Those thing. those might be two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am sure that like, if you are like a Wisconsin state legislator, you are just drunk all the time. <laughs> like, but the only difference is like instead of like drinking Big Ditch or Resurgence or whatever, uh-huh. you're just drinking brandy. Yeah, sure. In Wisconsin, all uh-huh. the time, or whatever but, their craft brew is. I mean, but like, I I know like from like stories, I know like state legislators are drunk constantly in New York. All like during session, especially late night sessions. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I have heard stories of like it's it is less common in upstate where you know because there's fewer positions um to be in your 20s and be a state legislator, but it is much more common downstate. And I have stories of like state legislators who are like in their upper 20s or low 30s getting so drunk that like while one of their friends who's another state assembly member or state senator is was voting and actually has to go and like input their vote in the machine this drunk ass run up ran up behind him and jumped on their back (laughs) jesus christ that sounds dangerous right yeah uh this particular story happened last year so it's not like something from like the 70s yeah okay so we we drink in this state we drink in this but it's probably not okay to potentially have to fly a plane. Right. Maybe run a thresher. Yeah. You don't have passengers usually on right, thresher, you don't have so. You don't have passengers on thresher's. Uh, if, you, if you do, the 
it's you can drink a, a certain amount per limb they have. <laughs> I want to close with this past week. Lent started. Yes. Um, did you give up water skiing like I did? Uh, no, I, I wakeboarding. Okay. So it's, uh, oh, okay. Uh, but that means, as Buffalo Eats pointed out this week with their poll, it's fish fry season. That's right. And you're a big Casey's fan. I'm a huge Casey's they fan. They had their poll, and you and you and me are so surprised that Casey's didn't win. I am surprised. I am, I'm surprised that Casey's didn't win. I'm even more surprised that fucking Whalen Wines in East Aurora won. Whatever, uh, whatever Twitterati is going on that everything in East Aurora everything wins. Everything in East Aurora wins. Mm-hmm. I don't know right. what the fuck it is. I've never but, been to I've never heard of the fucking place. I've I've only been to Wall and Wine. I haven't been in like at least I've heard years. of Barbell, and and right. I know that's a destination for wings. Right. I haven't been to the Wall and Wines in like twenty years, and like the food there was, whatever. When I was there, like it was fine. It wasn't good. Yeah. It was it was basically the same quality you get at like any Moose Club, whatever. Like you know, Casey's Black Rock. Uh, Casey's Black Rock. I will say this. Uh, I had the fish fry at Casey's, and I thought it was superior to the fish fry I got at. Assault and Battery in Greenwich Village in New York mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. And that is the uh, little, it's a little tiny, like, nothing stand. They beat uh, Bobby Flay. But they beat Bobby Flay mm. in the, in the uh, fish fry bat- battle. Uh, and also their name is Assault and Battery. I mean, what, it's a fantastic Casey's name. Black Rock in multiple ways, punching above their weight. Yes. Please go to that place. Uh, MCAT, thanks for joining thanks us. Thanks for this joining week. us, MCAT. Jumping yeah, in. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, we're going to make this permanent. We're going to. Yeah, we're right. Yeah. I gonna, don't think I we're gonna in, that. We're going to entice you. Um, with uh, with speed bumps and speed humps, speed humps. Have a good week. Thanks, guys.